St. Luke chapter number 1. I don't know if this would be a good baccalaureate message. You could apply it to graduation or anything, but I think the Word of God fits all occasions, really. It's all right, Sister Paige. She's just praising the Lord. <laughs> she was praising the Lord this morning, too, wasn't she, Sister Ray? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Book of St. Luke, chapter number 1, beginning with verse number 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. There appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for I, or for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. Thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great on the side of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God, he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man. And my wife, he didn't say she was an old woman, did she? My wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak unto them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus saith, or thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. And then looking down at verse 57. To finish the story, now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. She brought forth the son and her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias 
after the name of his father and his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. They said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs unto his father how he would have, how he would have called him. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake. And praise God. I want to preach to you or talk to you for just a few moments tonight on the curse of silence. The curse of silence. Father, we thank you for your word and we ask you and pray and believe that you'll speak to us tonight. God, by the voice of your spirit and through the word of God, give us ears to hear. And the heart of God that will freely receive what the spirit of the Lord would say to the church. Again, we thank you for our young people, oh God, your touch and hand upon their life. How you've led them, guided them, and kept them, the future plans that you have for them. God, we pray you'll touch not only them, but us around this altar. God, following the altar service, that you'll meet with us in the fellowship hall and you just bless our time of fellowship together. Let all we say and do bring you glory and honor and praise. We ask it together in Christ's name. We love him. Would you say amen? amen. Well, it's a wonderful story in the Bible. Zachariah being one of the priests that ministered in the temple. And then also his wife, Elizabeth, one of the daughters of Aaron, all she had ever known, most likely was ministry as well. People that are, he, he called by his own words, I'm an old man. Said his wife was well stricken in years. They're just up in age. It sounds like and seems like they've been serving the Lord for a long time. It says that they were they were uh, both goodly, godly people and ones that served the Lord in the office of the ministry. They had done nothing to deserve barrenness, but sometimes God's got other plans. Sometimes our hardships, our difficulties, or our impossibilities are only there so that God can work miracles in our life. I think about the young man that was born blind, and the disciples said, Lord, why was this boy born blind? Was it because of the sins of his father, the sins of his mother, or did he commit some kind of sin? I mean, I think, how could a, how could a newborn baby be sinful in the sight of God? God would punish him with blindness, and the Lord said, neither. His parents, it's not, it's not punishment to them, and it wasn't punishment to him, but that you could see the glory of God. I'm going to work a miracle in this boy's life, and his life is going to be my testimony of what I've done in him, through him, and for him. And so I believe that's the case of Zachariah and Elizabeth. It's not that they've done anything wrong. But it's that God has reserved the time. You're going to have a son, but it's going to be a while. Because I want everybody to give up on the idea of the possibility of you ever having a child. Your son's going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord Gabriel came to, to bear what he called these good tidings. Zechariah said to the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and 
my wife is well stricken in years. What he was really saying, prove it to me, and I'll believe it. What can you do to make me believe that this is really as if seeing an angel is not enough? I'm Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. If that ain't enough, I don't know. I ain't never seen Gabriel. The Lord sent Gabriel to me and said, I want you to preach this and tell somebody Sunday morning. You can believe I'd be probably flat foot in this pulpit telling y'all who I saw and what he said. Amen. Not Zechariah. There, there's, I've often said there's something about our physicality that that preaches louder sometimes than, than God's promise. God's promise says he's a healer, but when you're old and well-stricken in years and what's looking back at you in the mirror says there ain't no way. I can't see it. I can't feel it. It's just, it's just not going to be possible. But if God said it, let the word of God be true and every man a liar. He said, prove it. Gabriel said, I will. And this will be the proof that this word is from God. You won't speak again until God's word comes to pass. You'll be dumb, meaning you won't be able to talk. You'll lose your ability to speak until God's word comes to pass in your life. The Bible said he went after his ministration. I don't know if that was, you know, a day a week or whatever, but after the days of his ministration were accomplished, he went back home. And if he's like any other husband in the whole world, he had to convince his wife that he had heard from God. Amen. Sister Darlene giggled. I didn't get the first amen. Not, not out of a husband or a wife. I remember coming out of prayer meeting one night. Kim would kill me for telling this story. We had uh, Kirsten and Caitlin, and we were done. They were the Alpha and the Omega. We had our two children. That's all we wanted. I was praying one night, just just praying. We had ate supper, and I went in the bedroom, was praying. We was, I mean, we was at a place in our life where God was blessing our ministry tremendously as, as youth pastors and lay preachers in the church. God spoke to me in prayer and he said, I told you that if you would delight in the Lord, I'd give you the desire of your heart. He said, I know your desire is to have a son. He said, ask me tonight and I'll, and I'll give you a son. I said, well, Lord, I, I hadn't even been thinking about it. We, we, we're not thinking about children. Lord said, well, I know you desire a son. Ask me tonight and I'll give you a son. I said, well, Lord, I wouldn't like to have a son. I got out of prayer meeting, Brother Jim. I went in there and Kim's washing dishes. <laughs> I put my arm around her. I said, you are not going to believe what God said to me tonight in prayer. She said, what did he say? I said, God said that if I would ask him, he would give me a son tonight. She said, that was not God. 
that was the devil. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. <laughs> that was not God. That was the devil. And she said, if God wanted me to have a son, he needs to be telling me, not you. I said, well, I don't, I can't help it. He told me. <laughs> he told me. And a month later, she called me crying. And I said, what's wrong? I thought something happened to one of the girls. What's wrong? What's happened? She said, we're going to have another baby. And I said, there he is. <laughs> and she said, it's going to be another girl. And you're going to get all, you're going to get your hopes up. You're going to be, I said, have I ever been disappointed with a girl? She said, no, I just, and I said, you don't need to be crying. You need to be praising the Lord, rejoicing. I said, Anyway, a few months later, the ultrasound, we went and had an ultrasound. girl doing the, the technician, she looked at me. I was on the screen side. Kim's on the opposite side. She said, do y'all have any children? I said, yes, we do. Two, two girls. And she looked around the screen. She said, congratulations, Mom. You got a boy this time. <laughs> Big old tears streamed down her face. And... Uh, I, I used to tell him all the time, son, always remember, your mom did not want you. <laughs> your dad prayed for you, but your mom called me crying when she found out we were going to have you. I never let her forget it. <laughs> it don't matter, though, he wound up being a mama's boy, one that could do no wrong in his mama's eyes for sure. He had to convince that wife, you know he did. Yeah. Honey, I've seen an angel. You've seen what? i seen the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, stand to me in the presence of God. What did he look like? I'm sure he gave her all the details. Told her every description he could speak of. Said, I just trembling, shaking. Thought he had come maybe to slay me or something. He said, fear not, Zachariah. I come to bring you some good news and glad tidings. He said, uh, your wife, Elizabeth, is going to conceive in her old age, going to bring forth a son. God already named him. You're going to name him John. Amen. You know what John means in the Hebrew? God is gracious. He's going to introduce to my people the grace of God. Amen. His message is going to be of the grace of God who's coming. And that's what it was. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the whole world. You're going to name him John. And he said, basically prove it. What can you do? What sign can you give me that this is? Really real, because I'm an old man, and my wife's pretty old, too. And that's hard to believe. He said, this will be your sign. You're not going to speak again until it comes to pass. While this is going on, obviously, it's taking a while, because prayer meetings sometimes linger long. And people wonder, where's he at? What's he doing? Why is it taking so long to burn incense? He should have been out by now. When he come out, he couldn't talk. It's only making hand signals, gestures. They perceived that he had seen a vision. 
There was no way without words he could describe what took place in that house. And so we rock on now, nine plus months. And it's been nine months of silence. There's something strange, eerily strange, in a house where there's been nothing but ministry for many, many years. Something eerily strange when there's no, no sound. No, no preaching, no praise, no Bible reading, no sounds of joy, no sounds of worship, just silence. For nine plus months, just silence. You know what silence does, though? Silence gives you time to, to contemplate. Silence gives you time to think about what has been said and what has been done and it gives you time to think, if I could do this over again, this is what I would do. You know, after nine months of silence, he said, man, if I, could, if I could talk to that angel again, I would just throw my hands up or lift my voice and praise and say, hallelujah. Thank God. We've been praying and believing for this a long time. Let it be. Let it be. He did he had a long time to think about the last thing he ever said to God was, I don't believe it. Prove it. What, what can you do next to prove it to me? That the word of God is really real or really true. A long time to think about doubt and unbelief. A long time to regret so the son's born now. He's eight days old. They're coming to circumcise, or they're having a circumcision ceremony. And circumcision is, is to be done. All of their family come and gather, just like we're celebrating graduation tonight. And family has come together. That's what they're having, a family get together. Somebody said, look at that boy. Born to Elizabeth and Zachariah in their old age, ain't God good? Isn't God a wonderful God? Ain't God good, Zacharias? That don't quite do God justice, does it? Isn't God an awesome God? What else could he do? can't talk. Their family said, that's little Zach Jr. Elizabeth said, no, he's not Zach Jr. His name is John. There's nobody in our family named John. <coughs> he's not going to be John. He's going to be named after his dad, or after somebody in our family, we don't have John in the family. It ain't going to be John. And they said, tell her, Zachariah, that it ain't going to be John. And he motioned. Somebody give me something to write with. And he wrote down on the tablet, his name is John. That's already been settled. 
His name is John. Not shall be called or I want to be called. His name is John. That's set. And as soon as he wrote down on the tablet, his name is John. God loosed his tongue. God loosed his tongue and the Bible said his tongue was loosed and he praised God. Amen. His tongue was immediate, his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and praised God. His name is God. Somebody said, what did he write? What did he say? And I believe this is how it happened. I believe John took the tablet and said, his name is John. <laughs> then he started shouting. Then he started praising God. That's what it ought to sound like when God speaks to us. There ought to be some kind of shout of acclamation. There ought to be like Mary. Lord, let it be unto thy handmaid, even as you spoke. She didn't say, prove it. Zachariah said, prove it. He didn't say nothing for nine months. But she said, let it be. And afterward, there was a song of praise given by Mary. Then she came and told Elizabeth. And Elizabeth said, oh, thank God. I know God is going to do it. And she sang a song of praise. And Zachariah's got to wait nine months. To sing his praises. I want to tell you when God speaks to you. Even before the answer comes. You're going to have to praise him. Before you ever see it come to pass. You're going to have to praise him for it. You're going to have to worship him. And thank him for it. The strangest thing that can ever take place. When God speaks to us. Or grants unto us a promise. Is for us to be silent. They knew something was wrong with Zechariah when he come out. He was silent because the last thing somebody going into the temple of God ought to be doing is remaining silent. The Bible said immediately his mouth was open, his tongue loose, and he praised God. The word praise there, very interesting. Praise is mentioned all throughout the Bible, all throughout the book of Psalms. There are praises. You've got an entire section of the Psalms that are called the Hallel Psalms. And that's where we get our word hallelujah. Hallelujah simply means to praise, to boast, to celebrate. It literally means to, it means 10,000 praises to God. Amen. To rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously Foolish in your excitement. I've watched people get clamorously foolish in their excitement, but usually it's over a ball game, not over the Lord. Hallelujah. I know that ain't popular, but that's true. We shout over a ball game and we're silent in the presence of God. I wonder what a coach or what a team would think if they win and scored a touchdown or if their star player threw a no-hitter or somebody hit a home run or a grand slam and thousands of people that filled the stand 
remained eerily silent and nobody moved and nobody said a word. They would look up and say, what's wrong with you? That's what God thinks. When he talks to us or gives us a promise and we don't say nothing. We remain silent. Silence in our text was actually a curse and it remains so today. In Psalms 113, verses 1 through 3, the word praise there, praise, it, it is the Hebrew word hallel, praise ye the Lord. 10,000 praises unto God. Yes. To rave, to celebrate, to act clamorously foolish, let that kind of praise be given unto God. Amen. I might demonstrate it here in a little while if the Lord will touch me. Praise or hallel unto the Lord. Praise, again, the word hallel, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise, again, that word hallel, the, the name of the Lord. Rave and celebrate the name of the Lord. Psalms 150, it is the psalm of praise. And every word there, praise is hallel, to rave or to Celebrate the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. He said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. You know what it don't say? Remain silent when you approach God. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with Hallel. Yeah. Hallel. Ten thousand praises unto our God. It would literally be the equivalent of praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Yeah. But instead we're using one word to say praise God times ten thousand. Yeah. Thanks be. God expects us to get excited about who he is and what his word has to say to our life. Then also throughout the word of God, we see the 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 21, give thanks. This is one word rendered praise also, but it's not the word hallel, it's the word yada. Yada is a, a verb with a root meaning to extend the hand, to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with the extended hand or to lift the hand. And commentary says the, the verb yada in Hebrew has an antonym, the exact opposite of extending the hand in praise would be a word that means to bemoan or to wring the hand. God said we're either wringing our hands in worry and fret, in fear, or we should be extending our hands in worship and gratitude to God. Give thanks, Yadah. Extend the hand to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 63 and 1, so I will bless thee as long as I live. I will, Yadah, I will lift up my hands in thy name. I sing, tonight thy loving kindness is better than life. I will lift up 
my hands. I will, Yadah, I will stretch forth my hands in honor and adoration of my king. Psalm 107 and verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. The word praise there, Yadah. Oh, that men would praise the Lord with the uplifted hand for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What's wrong with you people? I come to church and all of you got your hands up, waving your arms around. We're praising the Lord. We're praising the Lord is what we're doing. Then also in Psalms 50, verse 14, offer unto God praise. Pay thy vows unto the Most High. It's not the word Yadah, but it's Todah. And it comes from the same root word as Yadah, but it's used more specifically, which means uh, an extension of the hand. Not an uplifted hand, but an extension of the hand. Right. We extend our hand to somebody, we're saying, hey, I accept you. Or, good to see you. Or, you know, I love you. Offer unto them the hand of fellowship. When I presented these young people tonight with a Bible, they extended the hand to do what? To receive the gift that's being given. We extend the hand unto God. We say we love you. We want to walk with you in fellowship. And we want to receive from you. That that you desire to give us. We're open to who you are. And what you want to do. In our life. That's what todah means. Offer unto God todah. Praise. The extended hand. Tell him you're willing. To accept this person and what he desires to do in your life, pay thy vows unto the Most High. Then in Psalm 50 and 23, who offereth praise to die. An outreach hand glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Then in Psalms 47 and verse number 1, clap, O oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout is rendered as a word of praise, and it is actually the Hebrew word Shabbat. And it means to cry out loud, to make very loud sounds with your voice. My voice is about shocked from doing that for the last 30 years. Psalm 145 and verse 4, oh, or one generation shall praise thy works to another and declare thy mighty acts. The word rendered praise there is the Hebrew word Shabbat. One generation shall shout unto the next generation and declare your mighty acts. Isaiah 12 and 6, cry aloud and shout, Shabbat, for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Y'all going to love the next word for praise. The next word that's rendered praise in the Bible is Barak, with a K, not with a C. You'll get that after a while. Barak means to kneel down, to bless God on your knees as an act of adoration and surrender. Psalm 95 and verse 6, 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel. That's the word Barak before the Lord our maker. First Chronicles 29 and 20, then David said to all the assembly, now bless, the word bless rendered Barak. Now bless the Lord your God. Kneel down in obeisance before your God. And all the assembly blessed Barak. Kneel down before the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed low and did homage to the Lord and to the king. Psalms 34 and verse number one, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The word bless is Barak. I will kneel before God at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Our musicians will love the next word. I've only got two more, and we're going to close. But our musicians will love this word. The next word rendered praise in the Bible is the Hebrew word zamar. Psalms 21 and 13. Be exalted, O Lord, in thine own strength, so shall we sing. And praise, the word praise is zamar. So shall we sing and praise thy power. And zamar means to pluck the strings of an instrument and to praise God with a musical instrument. You know what a piano is? Now that one's electronic, that's a keyboard. But a piano is a stringed instrument. A guitar is a stringed instrument. Amen. I will... Praise God upon stringed instruments is what the psalmist is saying. Be exalted, O Lord, in thine own strength so we will sing and worship with stringed instruments of thy power. First Chronicles 16 and 9, sing to him, sing praises with stringed instruments. The word praises is zamar. Sing praises with stringed instruments to him speak of all his wonders. Psalms 57 and verse 8. Awake my glory. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to thee. O Lord among the people. Thanks rendered Zamar. I will praise your name with stringed instruments. Amen. Then last I'll close with this. Kirsten if you'll come help me tonight. Psalms 22 and verse 3, Yet thou art holy, O thou that art enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Tila, the Hebrew word rendered praises there, is derived from the word Hallel. It means the singing of Hallels, or to worship God with singing. Thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. The singing praises of Israel. You ever sang and the glory of God came down? God thinks it's a strange thing not to worship him. To be silent while the musicians are playing. While the stringed instruments are going for me to say nothing. Not to worship and not to praise him would be a 
very strange thing. Isaiah 61 and verse 3. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, giving them beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and the mantle of praise, Tila. Praise with song, praise with singing instead of the spirit of fainting. Sometimes you sing yourself happy. Sometimes you hear a song that lifts your spirit when you feel like giving up. That's your benefit of praising. But all throughout this Bible, Old and New Testament, we read where men and women praise the Lord. Curse of silence has rested upon, in my opinion, a generation of people for too long. Our praise ought to mark us. There ought to be no doubt whatsoever that when people leave this house, those people love God. Those people worship God. They celebrate God. They're exuberant in their praises. They worship Him with stringed instruments. They worship Him and praise Him with song. They worship and praise Him by kneeling down. They worship and praise Him with loud voices. Those people love God. Really what it's saying is those people believe God. They believe the Lord's coming back again. They believe the Lord will heal them when they're sick. They believe that their children are lost that God's going to save them. They believe when they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death that the Lord really is with them and that he'll never leave them nor forsake them. They believe that when they're down, the Lord will pick them up. They believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he's never lost a battle and never will. They act like they believe what the Lord told them. The answer ought to be and should be and should always be, we do. We do. Amen. Sister Nancy, I seen where you got the job in North Carolina. Half my heart was happy and the other half was sad because I know you're going to be moving. But the happy part is I know wherever she goes, she's going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And people's going to know she loves God. Amen. I don't want to be silent. Jesus said, the children upon entering into Jerusalem, these would hold their peace, the rocks would cry out. There's a curse associated with silence. Jesus said, it ought to be that somebody praises me when I'm entering into the end of the city. So if these want to praise me, let them praise me. If they didn't, the rocks would cry out. It ought to be tonight as we celebrate God's hand upon our young people. He's led them, guided them, kept them. He's going to continue to do that. But his promise in their life is yes and amen. Under the glory of God by us in every place, the Bible says. There's nothing they'll ever see or face in life that God won't be with them. 
There's nothing that they'll ever see or face that God can't bring them through. There's no promise in this book that God won't bring to pass if they believe. That ought to be celebrated tonight. We ought to praise Him for that very thing in our own life. You're sick in your body tonight, you ought to praise God that you serve a healer. Your children are lost tonight, you ought to praise God that we serve a Savior. Amen. If you're on the mountaintop, the Bible said, is any among you married? Happy, joyful, let him sing. Let him sing. Praise God. 10,000 praises unto God. Would you meet me in this altar with the uplifted, outstretched hand to die. Would you lift that hand up in the air to God with Zamar, with stringed instruments. Would you hallel, sing praises unto God, lifting that voice and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Come on, let God hear you say something. Thank you, Jesus.